Freaky baby. Oh yeah. Freaky baby. <laughs> think that's the song. It's not, but in my head, I always put those two together, and I don't know why. It, it, no, yeah. It's really weird. Yeah. I don't know why I always do that. It's I've been doing it for years in my head. Those two songs go to better together. No. I don't no. know why. I don't know why, but they do. So that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. That's the way the song goes. Whack. As far as I'm concerned. Wrong. How are you today, half naked Ashley? Dude, you haven't, like, there has been no music or no nothing. We're, 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 we'll get there. He always does things so ass backwards. I can do what the fuck I want because this is my podcast. Yeah, yeah, we, we know that. Um, um yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. That's I'm fine. Okay. All right, enough yeah. of that. I don't want to hear nothing about that until we get through the, with my proper intro. Yeah. But with that being said, I'm going <laughs> to play something now because I can. Mm-hmm. Yo, what's up? This is Tajay of the Mighty Souls of Mr. Crew. I'm chilling with my man. Blessing, my man. Oh, you know, it's dope. Yeah. And right now, you know, we're just maxing in the studio. We're just maxing in the studio. Yeah, yeah, maxing. Relaxing. Right now, you know, we gonna up you on how we just chill. Her man's a midget. Uh, Ashley's a midget. No, I'm five five. Midget. Midget. Freaking, I'm oh, sorry. Politically, politically correct. Little person. Uh, technically, my best friend would be considered a midget because she's five foot. Well, my grandma was 4'11 and she's not considered a midget. Oh, well. So, no. That's not true. I don't know what to tell you. Also, is that the cute friend? I think it was the one I met when we did, when we did the that department that one time. I don't know. You got That's the one redeeming quality Ashley has. She has a lot of cute friends. I Ashley doesn't really have any redeeming qualities personally or directly, but she has a lot of cute friends. So the reason, the fact that she keeps, but you know how it's always like that group of cute friends is that one kind of in the middle, kind of borderline chick. That's Ashley, right? And that's good because I don't really care about that because she's my she's my sister. But if we're like speaking objectively, she's that friend. But none of my friends want you. What she said? I said none of my friends want you. I never tried to approach any of your friends. Yeah, but I'm just saying. I mean, you can keep saying it. I mean, I can admire her from afar. I don't fucking care. I can. That's what Instagram's for. I don't have. I ain't never running to have those dead chicks. I don't fucking care. Uh-huh. That's not, I don't fucking so care. Damn. Care. Just like I'll never meet half the celebrities that I follow. Fuck so far, yeah. yeah, yeah I okay. can still say she's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's just a, uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. But again, I was just, it was really just to point out that you're average. <laughs> That's really what that was. So you tried to take a shot at me, so I just had to bring it but back around. But you started around. it, though. Had to bring it back around. But you started it. Had to bring it back around. It. Had to do a U-turn to come back and be like, it. gotcha. Um, it's kind of like in, um, in Friday when the dudes that, uh, that uh, smoke. Uh, what's his name? Sent to kill Smokey and Craig. Talking about big worm. Yeah, and then he they sent they 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 swoop back around just to check and see where they were. Yeah, kind of. You know, have to come back in. It's one time. Um, <sighs> and Ashley's phone is going off because people are admiring her half naked pictures online. Um, but aside from the fact that Ashley's been taking half naked pictures lately for some strange reason, and if you want to see her half naked pictures, you can find them at that Ashley's at that's Ashley K A Y 
on Instagram. Well, you finally got that part right after 15 years. Yeah, I got it right the last time. I just don't really care. That's <laughs> really what it boils down to. With that being said, I am Will K. The King, as you already know. And this is the Down With The King podcast. Because that means it's awesome. And this is episode 40. Episode 40. This is also our last episode of 2019 and consequently last episode of the decade. Moving into 2020. Do you think Barbara Walters could actually do that? This is 2020. That would be ideal, but ABC's She's still alive. Yes, she oh, I, didn't, is. I have no idea. I mean, she. I think she's I don't really keep track of old white women other than Betty White. So <laughs> I think that's yeah. the only white woman everybody I don't really, appreciates. Mm. Um, is Maud still alive? Who? Maud. She been died. Oh, I have no idea. All, all no, of them are dead except. Betty oh, I didn't know. Rue's dead too. Yeah. Like, I didn't all, know. All of them are dead. I have no, again, I don't, I'm not up on my old white men news. Well, shame on you. You're not you really. Watch no. Girls and I watched it, yeah, but that's yeah. not, I don't travel in those circles all the time. Yeah, okay. Um, sorry. I just don't. Mm, no, also, do better. Well, no, I know that the grandma passed. I mean, the mother passed, but I mean, I knew oh, it because Sophie. she was awesome. Sophie was awesome. You know, picture it. Sicily. <laughs> like, I mean, it was, no. 1912. <laughs> uh,. <laughs> As you can hear by the banter and by the sheer annoyance in the room, Ashley K.A.Y. is here again joining us. Mm-hmm. She is fully clothed, thank God. Oh, hush. Um, <laughs> we appreciate her deciding that she dress like a, a normal person. Uh, but I always dress like a normal person. Apparently not. So, um, so as I stated, this is episode 40, last episode of the decade. How was your holiday, um, Ashley? It was decent. Um, I worked and then, of course, went home, ate, watched TV, and pretty much that Who was cooked? it. I did. Oh, I was going to ask if your um, mother did and if it had any seasoning. Uh, she, <laughs> no, me and her cook our own separate. Oh, meals, on purpose? So, yeah, because you know yeah. she don't us. <laughs> yeah, no, so a quick funny story. When, when we were, like, I was 9 or 10, um, and she was frying chicken. Uh, my brother and I, well, really, it was Gino. He kind of sort of had an attitude because he realized that the chicken wasn't seasoned when she fried it. And so from that point on, he actually had to teach her how to season fried chicken. It's funny how he can teach her how to season, but he can't approach women um, correctly. That's but another. That's a whole nother. I, yeah. I, just, just, I just had to do that. Um, <laughs> by the way, for you don't get it, Ashley's mother is white. Yes. Um, she is biracial. Um, <laughs> wow, why why extend it like that? Biracial. Um and Ashley's mother is white, so it was just of course the, me teasing her about the seasoning thing. So it actually is funny that you say y'all actually cook your food separately. Cause I always wonder like at what point if you're a Caucasian woman or a Caucasian person with black or mixed children, like, do you ever learn a season? Is it more determined or is it more um, 
depending on whether or not you and the black person you had kids with are still together that you probably learn or like when does that happen I always wonder what step in the process is that um, well even when my parents were still a, a couple or item or whatever it was always fights about food because my mom was always health conscious about everything and so she didn't want us drinking pop she made sure that we had fruits and veggies at all times of course my dad he was the the junk food junkie and he really necessarily didn't cook a lot so it was a lot of that but once he left the house then it was pretty much we were kind of screwed food wise because of course a lot of the stuff my mom cooked I didn't enjoy eating but that was pretty much the only thing you could eat because it's either you eat or you don't eat you know so there's the thing a little different between one in a black household. Because in a black household, there are days of yes. If your mother cooks, that's what you gotta eat. But there are also days to be like, Mom, what we eat? Whatever the fuck you find. <laughs> oh, yeah, it so, got to that point, too. Like, so in those days, that. you have more of a choice. Yeah, when, when we got, like, especially during high school, we had more of that leisure, which it was, of course, microwavable shit that we would find. That's like when somebody posted that, that, that picture of the old Salisbury, Salisbury steak uh, TV dinner. And I'm like, oh my God, that was my dad's go to because my dad can't cook. So <laughs> when he had us, my mom was in the hospital or whatever. Uh-huh. The nigga, he had those, had a whole little fucking big ass the family portion of Salisbury steak. Oh, yeah. And some rice. That was dinner when my dad was home. If my dad had to give, make sure we ate, that, unless we were doing fast food on like a weekend, yeah. that's what we ate because that's just all he could do was pop something in the oven and cook <laughs> it. <laughs> that was the extent of his experience. Yeah, growing up, fast food was like for Friday and Saturday nights in our household. And of course, that was like... The- that's kind of the thing in our family yeah. too. It was Friday, p- Friday pizza, Chinese food. Um, like we used to order a bunch of fucking like we ordered enough Chinese food to last us damn near the whole weekend. I mean, when we would order Chinese food, the place that we ordered from, they would bring us because they had the you know the boxes for when they got their crackers. Mm-hmm. They had a big ass box and they would bring us the box like all everything in the box. We ordered so much fucking food. Oh wow! Like it was ridiculous. And of course, my dad because he's a picky eater. Only thing he really ate, he eat rice maybe, white rice, and fried shrimp. That was the extent of my father and maybe chicken. But he was not. My father has never been the most adventurous eater. Mm-hmm. He likes what he likes. He's also a visual eater, which is annoying because you don't like you want to have him around like on Thanksgiving we cooking because he see what you put and stuff and he start complaining. Why are you putting that in there, motherfucker? <laughs> this is the last for all, everything you've eaten for your life. Get out my fucking get out the kitchen, dog. <laughs> just get out of the kitchen. He would have known my mother so much, and then I have to deal with it because he can just run upstairs and hide, and I got to put it with her voice and shit. I mean, nigga, dog, you helping me? <laughs> um, but, but now it just seems like. <sighs> Every day, like now these days, it's just like everybody eats fast food every single day. And it's like... Well, it's a, it's a convenience thing, but you also have mm-hmm. to... We live in a, a, a time where people are not the most patient, but everybody can't cook. Those skills of... I mean, you have some people that do it, and you have some people... It's, it's uh, Cooking is not... It's not a skill that is as prominent as it used to be. You, I mean, I don't even know if homemaking is still a big thing in schools now. Probably not. Um, like, or even just people being able to pass on that skill to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not a, it's not a big thing and it, until you get to a point where you're self-sufficient and you have no choice. But even then, I have people, um, men and women, who just have no desire to cook and, or just don't. Yeah, that's um, Whereas true. years ago, when it was, you know, before our generation, my generation for sure, like... 
if as a woman, and that was just more of a stereotypical thing, you you had to know how to cook. Because that was the thought was you had to know how to cook so you can take care of your husband. Mm-hmm. That was always the thing. Whereas when I learned how to cook, it was at least if you don't have a girl around, you can make sure you eat. <laughs> it's right. kind of thing like that. Sure. But the expectation was at some point, if you get a wife, you don't have to do it anymore, which I've never necessarily subscribed to, but that was always the quote-unquote mm-hmm. thought process. Um, but yeah, and then roles have changed too as far as like what women can do because a lot of women are not stay-at-home moms and wives. Well, my mom, my mom wasn't. My mom was not. She, My, my mom worked until she couldn't. And mm-hmm. when she got to the point where she was too sick to work, my mom worked. Both my mom and dad worked at yeah. one point. My mom was working in Birmingham. My dad was working in Trenton at Ooh. the Chrysler plant down there. Um, and my mom, her job would do these things called split shifts. Mm-hmm. So she'd work in the morning, come home for a few hours, and then go back for the rest of her shift. And it allowed her to, like, be with us during the like when we got off of school until my dad came home. Mm-hmm. And then she would go back to work. Um, but it got to the point, once she got to the point where she had to work out in Birmingham, they needed her to drive. My mom didn't know how to drive until, like, because growing up, they didn't have a car. So oh. my, I actually remember my dad teaching my mom. I was in the car when he would be taking her driving. Like, wow. I remember her actually learning how to drive with me in the car. Um, <laughs> she's like, it was just like, yeah. Um, <laughs> she hated driving. Like, she hated driving. But it got to the point where they were working too far away where she had to learn how to drive. Mm-hmm. So, um, but no, like, I... Yeah, it's just it's just a different time, and you got a lot of people in fast food. Um, now the thing is, you can still there are still the, at least the the one good thing I will say is there are at least some uh, some more healthy fast food options now. True. Whereas before it was all junk. Mm-hmm. Um, so at least you have more options and you have more west widespread options. But the thing that's always going to be a challenge for a lot of people in general, and especially when it comes to eating eating healthy, is that for some reason. The, the the worst food for you is always the cheapest. And, the, exactly. and so when you broke and you on your last five dollars, I can go get three McChickens and be good. Whereas, <laughs> and a dollar size drink. <laughs> right. So I'm I can get all of that for five dollars. I can go get a five dollar box from fucking Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. But if I go to the grocery store trying to get five dollars and get something that might that might might get me a, a thing of chicken, but then I don't got nothing else to eat with it. And I'm stuck, you know. And I gotta still kick it, cook it. But if you get off of work at eight o'clock or nine o'clock at night, that's a little late to be eating dinner anyway. So like, it just it just becomes a thing where convenience. So you then you get into meal prepping and, and still and meal prepping is a whole nother thing because personally, I don't like eating the same thing every fucking day. But then cooking mm-hmm. different meals for every day on a Sunday and then having to reheat it is a little different, weird. Because then you that's a lot of food to cook in one day. <laughs> Now you're spending your whole one and a half of your weekend preparing for the following week. Yes, yeah, so that's a little much. So right. I get why a lot of people can't do it. It's a lot of work that goes into it. That's why I commend the people that say, yo, let me start doing meal prep for people. Look, I'm offering dinners for this much because it's smart. It's a smart business play. And do you have things like you have the mail order companies that do the, that they send you all the food where it's easy to just all the food is there. You just got to prep it. True. Stuff like that. So all those things are very, like we live in a world where we're always looking for more convenient ways to do things. So. Right. So it makes sense. Um, my holiday was good. Um, I'm on strike after the new year. I'm not baking shit. Oh, you say that all um, the No, time. no, no. This is ridiculous. Like, I, I see I baked... 
within a three week period, let's see, I baked, I baked two banana cheesecakes. I saw you post one. And two. And it was like some lemon meringue head. cheesecakes the week of Thanksgiving. You 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 posted. Then I made. Hold on, then I made chocolate. No, I made chocolate chip cookies at one point. Then I made macadamia nut and chocolate white chocolate macadamia nut cookies and peanut butter cookies. Then another week I well last week a week before I made a strawberry cheesecake. Mm-hmm. Then for Christmas. Well, no, for my sister, uh, for um, the Mexicans, uh, oh, um, things, yeah, she had a little Christmas thing at her house. Mm-hmm. So that was last Sunday. So for that, I made a lemon, a lemon pound cake and I made salmon dip. Mm-hmm. For Christmas, I made, um, I made the dressing. I made a, a key lime cheesecake. I made a banana pudding cheesecake and I made that peach cobbler cheesecake. And then I got to make salmon dip for New Year's Eve. I'm not cooking shit other than for me after New Year for at least a month because this shit's ridiculous and I don't feel used. Uh, <laughs> it's just a lot. And I, people don't, I don't think people understand. Like people say, why can't you do this or why can't you make that? And I posted the other day, like, I don't think people understand how much work it takes to do this shit. Mm-hmm. I got employees that be like, can't make it with chocolate chip cookies. Like I, I said, you don't understand. They're like, I'll pay for the ingredients. I said, this is the point. It's the time it takes to do this shit. Mm-hmm. I don't have I don't have all the time in the world to just sit there and bake all day. I do I bake because I like to do it. But there is also a point where I'm like, look, I don't have because I don't do it because I have to. I'm not getting paid to do this shit. Even if I was, it's still a lot of time. Mm-hmm. It just takes a lot of fucking time that I don't always have. Um, also, it's just not cheap. Cream cheese is expensive as hell. Mm-hmm. Well, everything's like cakes now. are a little cheaper to make because I always have flour, but still, like it's still depending on the type of cake, a cake, it's a lot of other extra shit that goes into those things that I got to end up buying. Like it's just not cheap. Um, that's like um, my sister, somebody she worked with. I guess when I made the banana, one of the banana pudding cheesecakes I made, or is it key? I'm under the meringue. I don't remember which one it was, but she took it to work. Because I guess the person has been asking her, like, she, and she's talking about her brother or something. She sold him some, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, oh, because she was planning their um their potluck at work. And she was like, somebody got to do dessert. She's like, well, I want to see my brother do it. Um, And so I made a meringue pot cheesecake. And she took it to work. And ever since then, this person has been, mind you, this person is a vegetarian, they don't, but they love sweets. Well, my sister like she don't weigh nothing so. well she's not vegan so right but she's just, so this girl don't weigh nothing but she um she loves sweets so ever since then she's been asking me like what would you charge for this or would you I'm like you make this or you make I'm like god damn it like what the hell so every week I get a text from my sister hey you make this hey can you make this she was asking if you make cranberry um, raisin oatmeal cookie. I'm like, what? <laughs> um, she's like, do you make? Um, I I did make a that was another, that was another strawberry cheesecake cake in there. Um, and I made that for that person. Um, and then I guess then I started getting texts, niggas that complained about the cheesecake because, um, 
the straw, like, it was like, it was something stupid. It was like, really? She said they asked something stupid, like, do they need to warm it up? I said, it's a cheesecake, you dumb fuck. Yeah, nobody eats Like, who are you people? So it was just, it's like, this is why I don't do this, because it's annoying. And then I'm thinking, okay, that's over, because they they acting stupid questions. And then she just texted me last week, do you make mini cheesecakes? What the fuck? (laughs) So it's just, that's why I try to avoid it, because I just don't have the time to do that shit. But then you always end up doing it. Well, I don't, no, no, no. I would do it because I want. I don't usually do it for other people, especially if I don't know you. Mm-hmm. Like, and so when I give you, it's like I gave her the price because my sister's like, how much it was. I'm going to charge, I'm gonna, first of all, I'm not going to just charge you the amount it takes me to make it. Nigga, my effort, my time goes into this shit. And if I'm, make, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to do this shit just to break even. That's not going to, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So if I tell you that uh, a strawberry cheesecake cost you, is going to cost you um, 30, nigga, it's 30. I'm not Walmart. <laughs> and that's that's the low end, really, because that's the prior a, a, a lesser involved cheesecake. Like the um the key lime one is not that much. So I probably would charge what 25 for that one. But for like the peach cobble one, nigga, that's at least 35. Mm-hmm. The cinnamon roll, at least 35. Because it's too much work that goes in that shit. Also, the number of ingredients that goes into that shit. And I created a spreadsheet. Where I can like put in the number of ingredients and stuff like that, and I can price everything out. So that at least give me the price of the ingredients. But at that point, I still got to add my own labor into the shit, nigga. Like I'm not about to see you niggas think I'm about to work for free. If I'm gonna do this shit, I'm gonna make some money doing it. That's the damn show, right? And so, um, if you, that's my thing, don't like I'm not like my shit is good enough. Why I should be getting the quality? It's the same thing I t- you tell like when you meet artists, um. Like, I've told Wade this, because at one point, and I still think he charges too little for some things. Because mm-hmm. you got to understand, you, gotta, you don't want to undercut yourself. Um, if, your art, if your shit is good, you should be pricing it that way. Right. Um, I think a lot of times, especially in, in, in a lot of black communities for sure, we price shit down because everybody's always looking for the hookup and we feel like we good. But people just take advantage of you. They always want you to lower your price for them. And it's like, no, nigga, this shit... I know the quality of what I'm doing, so I'm not about to sit here and undercut myself just to appease you. Right. If you don't think, like, I know how good my shit is, so I'm going to price it that way. If that's not okay with you, you're not going to do shit about that, but I'm not about to sit here and lower my price because you think it's too much. I'm pricing it based on what it should be. I'm not mass producing shit. I'm not like a Walmart where I got a fucking factory that's doing all this shit. It's me in the kitchen in that little ass kitchen, making all this shit by hand from scratch by my damn self. So I'm pricing like a nigga that's in a small ass kitchen, making the shit by hand from scratch by my damn self. If you niggas don't understand that, I can't do shit for you. But in 2020, if decadent creations is gonna become a thing, a real thing, niggas gonna have to pay up. Simple as that. And I've offered to pay several times, and yet I don't like you. Nothing. I don't like you. I just Plus, put that. I like. I don't like you. That's first thing. Second of all, I made that cheesecake, and you had some. I'm not making a whole cheesecake for you because you're not gonna eat that whole fucking. That's cheesecake. not true. And there are people that have asked about it too. Who? So. Friends. Who are your friends? I don't know these niggas. What, but I mean, you know me, and I. That's not. I don't. I don't trust your friends. Your, your judgment people. What are you talking about? I don't trust your judgment You don't people. trust anything, so... That's not true. Yeah, yeah. I trust... Lies. Trust... Let's see. One, two... I trust my brothers. 
I trust my sisters. You kind of fit in that category. Um, huh, I like how you said kind of. Well, you have, Bree, so I only really trust half of you. Mm-mm. Um, I trust Wade. I trust my family. That's what I trust. Honestly, the only people I should trust. <laughs> Who else am I trust? I don't trust your friends because I've seen your choice. Well, no. I can trust the cute ones, but other than that, I ain't going to do it. Wow, we're ah. doing that based off of looks how... Uh, I, I don't know them sexist. beyond that. I don't know them beyond the pictures I see with you with them. Mm-hmm. But, oh, well, she's attractive. That's it. I'm joking, clearly, but I don't... Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, mm-hmm. But whatever the case may be. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, so what we have on the, uh, the, the road today? The docket? All right. Well, since Christmas just passed, I want to talk about fucking Santa. Oh, what about Santa? The figmentative of our imagination. Fuck Santa. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, that was If your so kids loud. are listening, if there are kids in the I would room, hope the kids are not. Please. Because this please is not the type of kid friendly turn show. Them, turn them away, cover their ear- earmuffs. Kids, earmuffs. I'm going to say some shit right now. Kids shouldn't be listening anyways. Hey, man, kids are more mature these days. You just never know what they understand. True, but then they wonder why the kids grow up so corrupt, but... Kids don't grow up corrupt. Bad parenting is what a lot... I'm not going to be one of the people that blames kids watch or listen to or why kids turn up. Kids turn away because there's no discipline in their lives or parents are That's that's part of it. No, because a a, a song, a music... Like, if your parents are there to tell you what, what the difference is between things, that's different. Ultimately, it's on the parents. That's the reason why I love when Charles Barkley back in the day said, I'm not a role model. I'm not here to raise your children for you. Well, yeah, so no. when, when people look to athletes to be role models and shit like that, ultimately they're a human fucking beings. The only difference is they're on TV and they make a lot of money, but that does not make them any more of a, um, a valuable or a, a, a altruistic person because they're in that position. Because you could be a horrible ass person and be rich as fuck. Right, no, so, but what I was saying in the sense is that it's parents that let their children, expose their children to any and everything like being around grown folks drinking and smoking and but and you go but but if you're a parent you you're gonna I mean you're still gonna be a parent but you're also a person who has a life mm-hmm. so you may have your kids in the other room but I mean your kid won't sneak out your kid don't know what's going on right like I, my parents would have people over when I was a kid but I was in the other room as a kid they told you to stay out that shit and for the most part I did but that wasn't always there was always gonna be a chance where I but I still didn't know that didn't mean I didn't know what was going on out there mm-hmm. but again my parents I, I, my parents were very clear to me about where I was and who I what my standards was what the expectation was so I never had to worry about that the issue becomes when you don't set boundaries for your children as far as yo regardless of what the fuck I do or what the fuck is going on around you, you know right from wrong. That is the most you can teach a child. Because at some point when they get older, they are going to go out and experience things and it's ultimately the foundation you lay for those children mm-hmm. that's going to prevent them. And also, even then, you still don't know because guess what? Me and my brother and sister were raised in the same damn house. Me and my sister are who we are and my brother, he's getting better, but he wasn't that person. He still hasn't always been that person. But we were always in the same damn house with the same damn parents and the same damn rules. 
So for us to be completely opposites in a lot of the ways we act, the way we act towards people, the way we treat people, all those things, that tells you that no matter what you expose your kid or don't expose your kids to, because those people who shelter their children too much, those are also the kids that wild out when they finally get out in the world. Semi me. Right. So all that you can keep, you can shelter your kids from a lot of shit. Lord is going. What you? The best thing you can do as a parent is support your child, teach them from right from wrong, and be there to have their back and talk to them too through when they have challenges throughout as they grow up. The only other thing you can do, but you can't live their life for them. You can't. You can tell them, hey, you you know, you can give them advice, but ultimately, the best thing you can do is instill a certain level of understanding and. And competence to say when they get out in the world, they don't make a dumb decision. That doesn't mean they won't, mm-hmm. but that's the best you can do. Because once they away from you, you have no control over what goes on outside your house. You just don't. So you can only lay the foundation. The foundation and the groundwork is what you can do at home. I had kid in my hood. Kids were sheltered crazily, and then when they get outside with their friends. All that shit went out the door. Even me, when I was a kid, my parents cussed, but they, I, I damn sure made it clear to me I wasn't supposed to. Well, yeah, me When too. I was a kid, I used to, like, I had a vivid imagination, so if I was bored and I have a toy, I would make up characters with my hands. Like, seriously, I had fucking, I would make airplanes and all kinds of ridiculous shit because I was bored. Mm-hmm. And I had a plane that looked like this. It was a middle finger. I didn't know what the middle finger meant. One day I'm doing this shit and I'm playing. My dad's like, don't ever do this shit again. <laughs> I had no idea what it was. Uh-huh. But it wasn't until, was it first grade maybe? It was like first grade. I'm on the playground. And I remember this shit vividly. This kid named Ernest in my class. I need to tell you how I remember this shit in first grade, right? <laughs> He's on the playground. I hear him talking to somebody. He curses. He says, motherfucker, or something like that. Ooh. Yeah. He just cussed. Wait a minute. Ain't nobody around to hit him. <laughs> it's all up in my head. As soon as you curse, you do something bad. I'm thinking somebody about to swing on you, homie. In my head, I'm like, that's what's coming. Mm-hmm. Nothing happens. Oh, shit. Let me see if I can try it. Motherfucker. What? That was it. I was off to the races. I was off to the fucking races. At that point, that started my quote unquote potty mouth. Mm. Not correct. I still didn't curse about my parents. I mean, but I when it was away, my friends, shit, nigga, fuck you, bitch, bitch. All, all that shit. It was flying. Every which way, everybody can get it. Everybody can get it. It's better. And then I started to hear that other kids in my school, in elementary school, and then when I got to middle school, everybody was doing it. I'm like. It's not just me. And so it's one of those things where as much as you want to shelter your kids from things, when they get out in the world, you have no idea because kids are always going to try kids. That is the nature of being a child. From the time you're a kid, you're always going to try to experience things, and your parents are there to say, no, don't do that. No, don't do that. And then when you're in your house and you're little, they have more control over your space because you really aren't going anywhere without them. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you step out those doors, when you start going to school and you start being around other people and you start to experience life, the only thing you can, you can, as long as you're not doing anything wrong to nobody, but you're still going to try things, how can I get away with this? I did shit that I know damn well my dad wouldn't allow, didn't want me to do. 
I'm, and, and it was all in the guise of trying to show off or show out in school and shit to be show I wasn't no punk because growing up I was always the nerdy kid you know so I got picked on early on once I got to the point where I had some confidence you know I still want to show out or I might have been trying to impress a chick or some shit mm-hmm. I remember one time a teacher came to me and said something to me I'm like what you got my face up like knowing damn well all my dad is going to hear this shit and it's going to be a problem when I get home mm-hmm. but knowing damn well I shouldn't have said that shit and I did it anyway <laughs> so like you know as a kid and people when I got a, when I almost got arrested for fucking um, taking a BB gun to a school like, what was it? Uh, we skipped school one day, and we and my that year I was skipping school a lot with my friends, mm. a lot. Now was this the one where it's like you they ended up leaving a voicemail, but you beat your parents? No, no, that was different. That was uh, we went to so we went on my friend Carlos' crib. Like we always did, but this day we were actually gonna try because Carlos never went to school. Carlos stayed at home all day because <laughs> his parents were never at home. So how did Carlos pass? He didn't. Okay. <laughs> Carlos was always at home, and so we would go over Carlos' crib, skip and go over Carlos' crib, and like he had a little Casio keyboard. We would go there and work on like trying to make little beats and stuff, and do little stupid stuff like that, right? Uh, me, and my friend Rico, my friend Marco, this dude Greg, we was cool, and so we all be skipping and going over uh, his crib or whatever, and so. One day, we just have, like, you were able to come to school up to third hour. After third hour, they wouldn't let you in. So we're on our way to school, and as we're crossing over to the school, police, yo, where y'all going? Where y'all at? It's, it's late. Like, it's after 10 o'clock. Where the fuck are y'all out? They picked us up at truancy. Mm-hmm. Took us to Fifth Precinct. That was that situation. Right. Where they called, left the voicemail. I got home before them. I My parents never knew. The BB gun situation... <laughs> Um. So, Greg was kind of off and again, on again, friend. But Greg is with that friend, and he did dumb shit, and he will be piss you off. Mm-hmm. So, Greg's little sister went to the school, Marquette. So middle school, kind of went to school slash middle school, and so he would leave school early to go pick his sister up. And so we, I don't know what happened. We we were gonna go meet up with Greg, and we knew he was gonna be up there to pick his sister up. That day, my boy Rico just happened to bring a fucking BB gun to school. Like a dumbass. I don't know why. He just did. So we leave school early. We go. And it looked like a real gun. It was heavy. Like It, was, it looked like a real gun, if you ain't know no better. Mm-hmm. So we go. We leave school early. We go to be, go to Marquette because we know Greg going to be up there. While we're standing outside the school waiting for Greg, waiting for Greg to show up, um... And uh, this kid comes out. Now, this kid is friends with a kid from my neighborhood, and they know each other. Every time I see this kid in my neighborhood, he talking mad shit. Mad shit. But he's a kid, so I'm not going to do nothing to him. Mm-hmm. He's like in seventh, eighth grade, whatever. So I told Rico, hey, yo, give me the BB gun. Because he was going to, because they had to let the flag down every day at school, after the uh, school. So I go, I walk, I'll grab the BB gun, go up to him, I show it to him. He running to school. Me and Rico, jet, we jet up, catch the bus. We we good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we thinking we good. <laughs> and uh, I get home, finally make it home. I walk in the side door, and as soon as I turn to my left, because the kitchen's right to the left when you walk in, my mom is like, what the fuck did you do? <laughs> I said, huh? What, what, what are you talking about? What are you, what are you talking about? Yo, dad is out there looking for you right now. I'm like, huh? So apparently, <laughs> the kid went in, told 
the principal would happen. Mm-hmm. The principal called our school, and the person who was in the office just happened to know me and my friends. So when they gave a description of who we are, she knew, told our principal, they called my dad and said, hey, your son just pulled a gun on somebody. And my dad, who was sleeping at the time because he worked midnights, he like, who? My son? <laughs> no. He can't believe it. He get up. He jump in the car. He looking for me. Mm-hmm. I get home. My mom is like, what the fuck did you do? Your dad is out looking for you right now. He come home. And the more scary part about this, and I'm expecting about to get my ass beat. The scariest part is he didn't touch me. So in my head, I'm like, he gonna kill me. I'm not gonna expect it. <laughs> I don't know what's gonna happen. I'm a freak. I, don't, I gotta see what one I open. I might have to run away tonight. Because <laughs> I'm terrified. And so we have a meeting scheduled with the school because per the school code, student code of conduct, any type of gun is an automatic expulsion. Mm-hmm. So go to, go to, we have a meeting with the principal and um, he has me read the rule, that actual part of the student code and the conduct to him. And he says to me, you do know, he said, you know, you do realize that most kids can't read that. There's a he says probably 80% of the school kids kids in the school can't read that statement without without any like help. Mm-hmm. The way you just read that. So you're a very intelligent kid. He said, also, you have to understand something. You are one of the few kids I have that has both his parents in one right now. You don't understand how lucky you are. And so they didn't kick me out. They assigned me to trash duty in the lunchroom for like I think a month or some shit. But they let me stay. But even then, for like a month or two after, I was still worried that one day, one day I'm going to be sitting in the car in the passenger seat or something, and, like, and next thing I know, he was just go, like, this, like, something going to happen, and I don't know what's going to happen. But he never did. It was still the scariest thing in the world to me, because I was always like, I don't know, nigga. <laughs> I don't trust this guy. <laughs> But no, but so it's one of those things that I was, I was not that, you know, the way my parents were, I should never have been doing any dirt or anything like that or doing anything stupid. I did a lot of dumb shit when I was in school mm-hmm. that I probably should have never done. And my parents never would have raised me to do that shit. But part of it was rebellion. Part of it was getting around the wrong people, wanting to be the quote, quote unquote cool kid and shit like that. And you get dragged into dumb shit that you probably shouldn't be doing, knowing you're not supposed to be doing it knowing your parents would be disappointed. I remember um, I got caught in the um, hall suite. Me and my friends, skipping again, skipping mm-hmm. class. Got caught in the hall suite, so we got automatic detention for that. I'm sorry, automatic, yeah, after school detention. Mm-hmm. So they had, they gave me the note. I'm telling my dad I got after school, I got old, I got um, extra credit work after school. So he's picking me up late or whatever, right? My dumbass forgot to take the note out of my coat pocket. Mm. So he finds the note so that he knows that I've been lying. Then on back of my brush, because I had a bunch of friends who were in, in gangs like Crips and folks and shit like that. Mm-hmm. So on the back, one of my friends had drew a bunch of signs on the back of one of my brushes. 
also in my room, I had posters all over my wall, like Bone Thugs and Harmony, all kinds of shit on my wall, right? There was also a symbol, a six-point star that matched one of the symbols of my brush. So what my father did, we come home. First and foremost, he goes into the garage, he gets his sander, and sands the whole back of my brush to get all this shit off my brush. Then we proceed to go to my room. He recognizes one of the symbols that was on the back of the brush on my wall. So he proceeds to grab his shredder and shred all of my posters in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been torture. My father was diabolical, though. Yeah. He was diabolical when he came to punishments. Once he got to a point where I got old enough where he was like, me, beat me ain't gonna really make a difference. Mm-hmm. He was like, no, I'm just gonna do shit. It's gonna really hurt your feelings. He did the same thing with my sister one time when she first got her license. And she um she didn't call um to check in with him when she went out. And she was in his car, I think, at the time. She hadn't got her car yet. She's like 16. She out with her friends. He called her a couple times. She did not answer the phone. He called her friend who was supposed to be with her and told her friend to um let and he she just she even called her friend's father, like he was like, why is she not answering the fucking phone? Mm-hmm. So he mad because he knows she's just ignoring his call at this point. Do you know? Because first, what he was going to do was call and get her license taken away. That was what he wanted to do. But he calmed down. So what he did, he calls a cell phone company because she's on his account. Mm-hmm. He changes her. Also, another thing, he found some voicemails or something on her phone that he not like. So he calls and he changes her phone number and she has no idea. So <laughs> she calls her voicemail and says, welcome to Sprint Voicemail. You just to set your voicemail. <laughs> and she's like, what? Wow. <laughs> it's like, this is crazy. <laughs> yeah. But no, I still have to say, like, as a as a as a parent, you you the best thing you can do is set standards. Even if you set those standards or you set expectation with your children, there's still a chance for them to go totally opposite. It's just like you hear those situations where you see people on the news, um, when their son gets arrested or something. No, my baby was the greatest. It couldn't have been <laughs> right. him, not um, my baby. That's always the It's always the like, no, nah, my baby, your baby and robbed like five people and you got right. you and got, shot and killed somebody. And you got jewels in the house from the robberies. Like you've been <laughs> and gave you money from the drug deals and you talking about, nah, not nah, my baby. He didn't hurt nobody. <laughs> right. When like, those bills are paid, he's a good boy. Um so yeah, it's just this is one of those things that unfortunately at the end of the day, if you get to a certain um, age, your decisions is ultimately what's going to dictate what you do. Mm-hmm. And you can try as a parent as you might to prepare your child for those decisions, but you can't. I'm not a parent, but I could just speak from my own experience. And I'm like, my parents definitely, shit, my dad, when I first went out, when I went to college orientation, that told me, do not get no damn credit cards. And did I listen? No. No. <laughs> Um, fuck my own credit that I had to fix because I was being hard-headed. Now, granted, there was a reason that led to it, and I did it for someone that I trusted, but still, mm-hmm. I, it shouldn't have did it, and it fucked me up for years. So, with that being said, back to fucking the fake, the fake, the Saint Santa, Nick, yeah. that nigga. So, was it, uh, it was in New York, a teacher, a substitute teacher got fired or suspended or something to that effect because she told, basically she told the class the fan class wasn't real. And parents complained, parents complained and she got fired. 
so here's the thing. Look, and I don't understand. I don't understand it because my thing is this: what exactly is the purpose? And I want to. I really wish I had a parent here to ask this question. Right. But I really want to know what the purpose is of telling your children about this this old white man who brings them gifts. I never understood that either because I mean, thing is, is like okay, one point in time I did believe in the the myth of Santa Claus, but I mean, what was it? I think I was eight. When I found out that he wasn't real, and I was just like, oh, okay. I mean, I guess now it started making sense. I started putting two and two together where I would recognize the handwriting where it would say for Santa that that obviously was my dad's handwriting or my mom's handwriting. Your parents wouldn't even go that far, nigga. We we spent this money. Right. (laughs) It wasn't even that we were never told. It was the Santa. I got kicked out of my preschool. I got sent home from preschool because I told my whole class. It Mm -hmm. wasn't a Santa. Like, so we were never told to believe. And I I just don't understand it. I've heard people give the excuse that, well, you know, kids should have a vivid imagination. I said, kids don't need you to lie to them to have a vivid imagination. Exactly. I feel like you set the kids up for failure or you set them up for. Because eventually they're going to know. They're going to find out. And I just don't get what the point of the lie is. Like, I don't, I just don't. I, it, it will never make sense to me. Um, if somebody can tell me why and justify it to me, please do. Because technically, I, you're teaching your kids it's okay to lie. Yeah, but then you'll tell your kids don't fib. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've been yeah. lying to me since I was a kid, Mom. I mean, yeah, it's very contradicting. Very. Um, yeah, it's just it just doesn't make sense. Same with the two fairy. I just don't get it. Like I knew my parents would give me money. What the fuck? Why right. am I? Why am I? Why are you gonna lie to me? It, don't make, it just don't. It didn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to me. And then and you it, don't gain nothing out it, of it at all. And so for you, and then for you, somebody to lose their job over that bullshit. Yeah. That, what the fuck? But then, I mean, we teach our kids not to lie or not to tell stories. Our society has become so sensitive for the wrong reasons. It's like you can't even breathe the wrong way without somebody bitching about it. And then it's just this whole like gender fluid remication. And it's just it's a lot. Or you can't say this to somebody. And it's well, well, certain things you just shouldn't say to people. So, yeah, I think what it is is this, and it's funny because actually one of the topics I want to talk about has something to do with that, or some on some level. Mm-hmm. I think with anything, when we've gone so far bad in our society, there is a tendency to overcompensate for the fuck ups that we've made. So, when it comes to gender, subject of gender and sexuality. There are going to be extremes in that space. There always are going to be because we are in the process of course correcting for something we've been doing for so long. So we tend to overcompensate for, you know, hey, we've done these people so wrong. So we need to at least try. But the thing, the issue that I see with black people, and I understand it, is like y'all niggas didn't course correct like that with us. So why y'all doing it so hard for them? Mm-hmm. Which is why I think a lot of black people resent it, which I get, I totally get. But but it also at, at the same time, while I still will say a lot of black people, black people are some of the most homophobic people in the world. So there's that. <laughs> so they just are, uh, and they just are. Um, especially in the black church, it just they just are. It's just a, that's a fact of yeah, it is. I think there. Well, it's a, it's a reality, and it's something. Um. I don't hear about the gay agenda from white people. I don't. I don't hear any any white people saying there's a gay agenda. I just don't. I've never heard that. Okay. Gay people have been on in white TV shows. They've been a subject of white TV shows for a very long time. 
it's just to a point now where it's, it's getting into black TV shows that the gay character on the show is not the comic relief or the joke, like Wayman or or Two Snaps. And, like, they're not a joke character. Mm-hmm. But now we're actually, they're being depicted in serious relationships, like normal people, that now it's a problem because they don't want to see it. It's because it's not comfortable for you. But this is their life. It's no different than me as a black person wanting to see black people represented on TV. It's the same thing for them. Because they want to see a person who is dealing with the same challenges they are either coming out or dealing with their own sexuality or just dealing with the process of realizing who they are, what they like, and not knowing who to go to or not having an example of, okay, yeah, because unfortunately, because a lot of people don't get it, they probably, just as much as we don't have enough representation when it comes to mental health providers, I can guarantee you there probably aren't a lot of gay ones either. Mm-hmm. So you don't have anybody to talk to. A lot of times you can't talk to your family because they are either going to shun you or they don't understand it or they're not going to even acknowledge what you said. So now you're in this place where you don't have anybody to talk to. It's different. It's a different battle than it is to be black. Because in the day, I'm black regardless of anything. Right. I, I can't like that's not. There's nobody you can't who take away you can't take that away black. from me. At the same time, you can't dismiss me being black as to be oh something you chose to be. Mm-hmm. Or you, there's no conversion therapy out there that tells me that I cannot be black. <laughs> well, there's, I saw. <laughs> there's you can't. <laughs> I think it was a parody, but it was a guy. Who was black and but he convinced himself to tell everybody that he was a well there, but that's no different than yeah. which of those all want to be black. Yeah, like that's that's different. That's a, that's a whole nother situation. That's mm-hmm. that's basically appropriation as far as I'm yeah. concerned. <laughs> like, um, but I I do believe that the issue I guess as far as with the whole pushing the gay agenda in the black community, I think the real issue people have is because you're seeing it so much they feel like it's really going to affect the children because then now it's it's telling kids that oh you know you can be gay that's not what it's saying it's saying they're gay people no I'm saying this is what as a whole as far as what I gather from a lot of arguments that are being you know the test about you know gay being gay in the black community that is this is being perpetuated this is being pressured this is being shoved down our throats that Give your give your children the, cho- the choice to be gay, because hey, it's okay. You know, and forget the. For the people that say that, I I I say to them, are you stupid? And the reason I say that to them is this: if first of all, it's not how sexuality works. I just want to make that clear, and I've said this before. The secondly is this: that is the most unintelligent argument that people make, and I've heard and I've seen that. Actually had a conversation, and that's actually probably why I'm, I kind of transitioned into this because I saw somebody post, and I'm gonna read the post somebody made this morning. Mm-hmm. He said, "No disclaimers because I only operate with love in my heart, and I'm gonna just say what I need to say." There are plenty of media, government, social agendas that have been promoted throughout history. People believe in almost every single one of those, but when somebody, i.e., me, says that they believe it's a gay agenda because I do believe there is one. We're toxic, we're stupid, uninformed, conspiracy theorists, bigoted, etc. That is the weirdest shit to me. 
He says, I just wish that people could have a conversation instead of taking everything personal that's said or making a personal determination on somebody's character based on something that people claim, um, that people claim shouldn't really be determined, determine their character at all, sexual identity. And believe it or not, people with strong beliefs can also be proved wrong. That's not true. When they are met with solid logic, that is a lie. Solid logic and reasoning instead of name calling, basically. Now, nah, I agree with that. I don't necessarily have to call you names, but if you're stupid, I'm going to call you stupid. Um, basically saying, fuck you if you don't understand. That's cool if you prefer to handle things that way, but you shouldn't say fuck you when you actually care about the opinion. When you say fuck you, so that means I think your opinion is stupid. That's the one to put that out there. So um, this is what... So this was my response. I said, in the spirit of the conversation, I have one question. Mm -hmm. What exactly is this gay agenda that you believe exists? He says, gender and sexuality being discussed in situations where they don't affect anything, primarily in the popular media we consume. I said, can you provide an example? I just want to fully understand your point of view before I respond. And so I say, so he says, Connor from How to Get Away with Murder, because I haven't watched the show since like the second season. But I remember. Characters who have a big focus on just the fact that they're gay, and I'm not sure, was that his only storyline? Or is it just part of his character? Connor, I mean, that was a huge part of it. Honestly, it was. But, of course, there was like several murder investigations going on. Was he just in a relationship or he was just dating? He was dating one of his partners ended up becoming HIV positive and that was just like a whole big thing. But That's a reality though. Yeah. But it's, okay. It doesn't affect the plot in any way. There was multiple plots in that show I'm pretty sure, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. Um, anyway, most times. But in the same situations for heterosexual characters, there are more times when their sexual interactions are only implied, which is all I think it needs to be across the board that is a lie. Not to say that there are no no heterosexual sex swings, but with gay characters, their dealings and their love life seem to be much more overt in the way they're displayed. That is a goddamn lie. And if you believe that, you have clearly not watched TV in the last 50 years. Just going to point that out. So I said, here's my thing. Here's my thought. As much as people say that either or either don't care um, don't like either are they let me get this right so here's my thought so as much as people say they don't either care or um, they either don't know or don't care if they're if um, don't ah, I can't say this don't care if they aren't uncomfortable with homosexuality on some level they are really either they don't care or they aren't um, uncomfortable with homosexuality on some level they really are because in their mind it's just not right you see it as you see it as overt, but when the characters are straight and their sexual relationships are a big part of the story, we don't bat an eye because it's normal to us, right? Like, if you see somebody who's in a situation where they're in a sexual relationship on a TV show, even if you don't have anything to do with the character or the, the overall part of the show, do we really care? Because it's just something part of the show, right? Well, no, but, but there was a time where... Yeah, there was, but... We also live in a society where sex sells, and that's been going on for years. Yes. We live in a, a society where but now, we, we, women were used to sell products, and still to this day, every and because we've been living in a mask, a male-dominated society for most of our uh, since the beginning of time, much, really. Yeah. So 
everything has been geared towards what's going to make men spend money. Mm-hmm. And so with, if that meant putting women in nothing on TV or in bikinis and beer commercials or putting women next to a man with some Calvin Klein boxers because if men think they can get women with Calvin Klein boxers, yeah. they're going to spend money on Calvin Klein boxers. That's it. At the end of the day, everything has always been geared towards getting men to spend money. And the way they've used that, the way they've done it is by using women in very little clothing to get men to spend money. They've used women as pawns a lot in that regard. They don't necessarily do the same for women. For the most part, women things are basically women in their commercials. Mm-hmm. Women wearing a nice outfit. Women advertising this. Women advertising that. There are very few instances where it's something that's geared towards a woman that they have a half-naked man in that's actually meant for the woman. Mm-hmm. If they do have a half-naked man in there, it's an instance where it's something like a cologne that the woman, they, they feel if the women see a good-looking man with that cologne, they want to see that get that cologne for a man. <laughs> or they're going to convince the man to get that cologne because they feel like they're going to get women with that cologne. It's always geared towards something that's going to ultimately get a man to spend the money, not the woman. So when they say sex sales, they mean sex sales to get men to buy shit. That's it. That is generally what we've been... So, we live in a society where sex has been used by men for years, Mm -hmm. by heterosexual men for years. So now, because we are seeing gay people in healthy relationships, because the reality is, for the most part, when you see gay people on TV shows or in movies, they're either comic relief, they're extra gay (laughs) and extra flamboyant for no reason, even 90s. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lord on Dirty Shame was nineties. Mm-hmm. Living Color was nineties. Yep. That's the that, that was the depiction of gay people. Or you see them on a show like SVU, where either they have a gay lover, lover, and somebody told them they hate gay people, so they kill them, or they're afraid of getting, they're afraid of coming out. Mm-hmm. It's always something like that where they either the victim or the one that committed the crime for some reason because they don't they don't they're not comfortable with their sexuality and so they've been taught to hate it like it's always those type of storylines it's never just hey this is a gay person who's actually in a healthy relationship or this is a gay person who has who dates multiple people like hetero people do in these same fucking shows and so because that's how they because it now is a reality where now we're seeing these people being able to actually be depicted the same way that hetero people are and because it's still new and it's not something we're comfortable with as a society, or a lot of people aren't comfortable with as a society, oh, it's overt. No, it's no more overt than fucking hetero relationships are on all these TV shows. You're just used to it. It's not new to you. It's new to you when it comes to seeing gay people. A lot of times, you when you saw gay people in movies, they weren't even gay. It was some... some Will Smith played a gay person. Mm-hmm. A lot of people you saw on TV who were quote-unquote gay weren't played by gay people. Right. So, at the end of the day, now they're getting to the point where they get to see. Representation is is to be applied to everyone, not just black people, not just white people, not just Asian people, everybody. And that also means gay people. So, as a gay person, I should be able to watch this TV show and be like, you know what? I identify with that person. Because also, when you're a gay person, you've been shunned for being who you are. 
and you've been told, and you to the point where you're so afraid to come out to be honest with your family, yourself, you fought who you were for so long. Now I get to see somebody else who's comfortable in their skin as a gay person, who's comfortable with who they are. And that's an example for me to say, you know what, I can do this. I, I can I can I can feel comfortable with being who I am and accepting. Or you can see situations where there is a real life situation where somebody who's trying to come out, their family is not supportive, but they still get to push through. No, the real Those, world. The, right. That's like that's what I'm saying. They, it's essentially we need to see real world situations on TV. And so for us, my thing is is the gay, it's not so much a gay agenda as much as we're trying to it needs to be even. Gay people exist. Mm-hmm. We need to stop acting like they don't. And so TV is like, well, we're going to start putting these relationships out there because these are things that actually happen in real life. And now, because there have been plenty of fucking TV shows where there have been sexual relationships that had nothing to do with the fucking storyline. So what? It happens all the time. Mm-hmm. And so what I said was, uh, like I said, you think you may think it's overt because it's not normal, but I'm sure there are straight characters that gay people think are overt too because they make them overly masculine and aggressive. Because you also know there's always a situation where they make a character so overly masculine or extra aggressive to clear any potential for him to be quote unquote be gay. Or it's like they do that all the time. Or I said, I said, hell in our community, we use the gay term gay as an insult for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and also we still say pause whenever a guy says anything remotely can be considered suspect. So that means we're not comfortable with our own sexuality because there's no reason for me to say that. If I know I'm not gay, why do I care? If I say some shit that's, that was funny to me, but because I say a word, yeah, I was, um, yeah, I hit, I, I hit something or something like that. Like, yeah, I hit, I, I just hit you. Pause. Because that's what a dude would say. What, what the fuck? I just said I hit you. <laughs> like, it don't, like, I'm not saying, like, this is it's stupid. But it happens all the time. I think, I mean, the thing is, is that because, again, like you said, it's not normal. And a lot of people feel like it, it shouldn't be normal because in hindsight, I mean, of course, I know you don't believe in Christianity principles and stuff like that, but being gay is technically a sin because that's not how things are supposed to set up. Because if you look at if you're multiplying in children, like, yeah, if you want to build a We family, also have too many people. So there's that. <laughs> we live in a world where we don't have enough resources to take care of the people we have, yeah. as it stands now. So while, yes, we, we live in a world where procreation is a thing, that's also the reason why countries like and you have you have yeah, company, countries that limit the number they just lifted that ban a few years ago because they just didn't have enough resources to take care of all the damn people mm-hmm. and so because we had realized this and, you got, and like as much as people saying people there and I'm and I'm not gonna the reality is this when all these things these commandments all these things that are created there were what maybe a thousand people in the world <laughs> There were maybe more than that. I'm, I'm, I may be being facetious a little bit, but Very. it weren't three. It wasn't 15 billion in one country. So yeah, we got to factor those things in. The world was a lot different. Mm-hmm. Everything was a lot closer together. There weren't as like it wasn't as much space between people. Uh, it was just it was a lot. It's a, it was a different time. It just was. Mm-hmm. So you have to factor those things in. Is yes, those are you're right. Procreation is a thing. But the reality is this, and I, I'm not gonna get. I don't want to get into religion content because I'm not. I'm not. I don't. I don't do that. But 
whether or not my biggest thing this is my biggest argument um, about when I hear Christians or anybody who religious beasts tell me about what the Bible says about gay homosexuality, blah, blah, blah. It's just whatever. And this is my thought. My thing is the biggest teaching. Um, if you are a religious person, if you're a spiritual person, you believe in God, whatever the case may be, uh, whoever. I think the biggest teaching is to be a good person. Also, it, I, it clearly states that you only God can judge, right? So, with that being said, why are we so concerned with how other people live in their life? Because ultimately, I don't have any say in the judgment of your life. I don't have any say in what you're going to do with your life. Your life doesn't affect mine. You being a gay person and, and having your normal sexual relationship with your gay significant other or whatever the case may be is not going to affect my life in the least. It just doesn't. So if people focus more on just what's going on in their own fucking lives instead of worrying about what everybody else's life going on, we don't have to worry about these things. But because we have this thing where, oh, shit, you're gay. I don't like it. So I got to make sure I tell you the same way we that's the same way racism was created. Hey, you're black. I don't like you. But that was also, there's also DC issues there that we don't want to get into. But ultimately, the I feel like the overarching teaching of any religion, even at the surface, is to be a good person. That's just my belief. So, mm-hmm. if that's the case, why? And also, I'm also a firm believer that I feel like a lot of Christians pick and choose what they what they're gonna reel on. I so, mean, there are there are it's a lot. It's, yeah, it's, a, mean, lot. it's a lot. But that's and they're also- they're very they're very selective in their outrage, and that's my issue with a lot of it too. I would say it is it is a good a number amount of Christians that are, but then there's also the, the Christians that actually do understand from a perspective. Yeah, there's a there's so um, and it's usually so and this is with every religion. There are people who are very, very stringent mm-hmm. and they have one interpretation of something. You have people who are who are very, very who are more laxed and and aren't they pick and choose what the rebel gets on one end. They have their interpretations. And then you have the small section in the middle who people who understand the overarching point and aren't going to sit here and, and try to be that person. Um, because ultimately, who cares? It doesn't affect you. It, it just doesn't. Um, um, it doesn't. It, it doesn't. Again, if you are a person who truly believes that God has a plan for you, mm-hmm. why the hell do you care if the person Joe Blow next to you has a relationship with their significant other? What they got to do with you? Well, it's no different to care about somebody else's relationship, whether it's a hetero relationship or not. Their relationship doesn't affect me. I would say, okay, so because there are scriptures that do kind of talk about as far as like accountability towards your brother or your sister in Christ to an extent. So there are certain things where, of course, if you know that you see somebody that's out drinking and driving. That's that's different because that affects other people. It is, but in but also in hindsight, too, drinking is technically a sin. So it's like it it's a lot. And I know that's you don't want to get into the that's conversation. My point. I, it's, that's my point. We live in a world where we're selective based on who right, controls like, what who's in like it's it's like all that like 
it's just like the there are parts of the Constitution that are outdated, but they were made for a time where these things made more sense. It's different. Um, People evolve. But also, even though it does say that God is ultimately the only person that can judge, there's a scripture I can't remember where it is, but it does say that we are allowed to judge, judge in a righteous manner and judge out of love. That's not usually what happens, and that's. I know, and that's yeah. That's, that's and that's where it's like. That's my thing. We're not, we don't, people don't judge out of love. That's most of the time when they're judging, it's always something negative. Mm-hmm. It's never out of love. Um, and so that's where my issue is, is with most people when it comes to that. And my thing is this, again, at the end of the day, don't evict me. And I have, I have people in my family who are, who are not, who are, who are bisexual or homosexual or whatever. And, that don't make me love them any less. They're my family. I love them to death. Right. Um, I don't care. Like, as long as they're happy. So, and, they're all, and that's for that's all, I, all I could ever want for anybody in this world is to be happy. Because the reality is happiness is such a hard thing to come by. Yeah. It just is. That if you are able to find a space in your life where you are truly happy, more power to you. I commend you. So, at the end of the day... That's all I wish for anybody. And so my thing is this. It's not so much an agenda as a course correction. Like I said, there are always going to be extremes. We have some of the things that come out. But some of that stuff, usually if you read the article, a lot of shit is not true. But people put them out there with the art, with the headlines because they the want people game. to rail <laughs> against whatever. Oh, see, they going too far. Like, no, that's not true. If you read the article, like, and this is my thing, and that's on the, that's one other issue I have is that it's the same shit that happened. Is why punk Trump got elected is because people just believe headlines and don't re- actually read or research yeah, anything. Or stupid. That's yeah, that's a whole other issue. So unfortunately, I can't resolve that one either. But I still do believe people, uh, to an extent, do allow certain things that are being pushed by the media to influence them. That is. Yes, you're right. Those are, um, they're unintelligent, first of all. They just are, unfortunately, um, because there are, we live in a society where people have too many dependencies. Yeah. Um, whether that dependency is some type of vice or that dependency is they need somebody to tell them what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can be for various reasons. And so because of that, you have a lot of people out here who make decisions based on what somebody else told them was the right thing to do. And we have a lot. Unfortunately, we have we live in a world where we are more followers than there are leaders. Exactly. So that is just the reality of it. However, my thing is this. As much of a follower you may be that can't make you like dick if you don't like dick <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just gonna say I'm gonna put it out there this is not this is not it's not that's not something you're interested in this is not something you're just gonna choose to do we had a, a guy we knew a guy you know like it's just not because and ultimately that's ultimately gonna really because even if you're a person that may have like I may think that I'm I'm that way or I may mm-hmm. have these feelings but I'm not really sure that take that that that's gonna be your test, because the first time you try to do that and you be like, no, this ain't for me. Nope, nope, I'm nope. I was wrong, and confusion is a part of life. That happens. Um, some people just aren't sure. There are some people who are sure and they just know and they've known for years, and there are some people who have these questions and they just are not sure, 
um, and they they need to find out, or they they end up in a situation where they do find out for sure. I know people. I know a guy for sure that. No, he he had questions, and if you had known him, if you didn't know, like if you talked to him or if you interacted with him, there were a lot of people that thought he was gay. Mm-hmm. But you know, he you know he had never acted on it. And he you know he, I guess he had questions too. He he on some level, and I don't know if he necessarily always had those thoughts or was just enough people telling him they think he's gay right. that he finally was like, well, maybe I am. You know, and people are some people are influenced like that. You hear it enough times that that some people, especially for weak minded, and there are some weak minded people in the world. I will say that so. But he tried it. He said, nah, I'm good. <laughs> so I always say this. If you ever really aren't sure, and that's what I said, if you you can be the most gullible person in the world, but the test of you wanting to either suck or take a dick is going to ultimately determine whether or not you really fully committed to saying, yep, you know what, I'm gay. Mm-hmm. I, it just is. It, it just is. I'm sorry, but it is. Because that is the ultimate decision. Which is why when people say, um, like, I believe that you can be bisexual and be a man. I, I don't, there are people who don't. They believe once you're, once you, you're, you're a guy, because you can like both. You can, because it's no different than women like it both. Like, it's, you can like both, but for whatever reason, if you're a guy and you like dick, but you, you can't be bisexual, you're just gay. Which is a whole nother issue. I mean, I feel like I mean, if you're by either male or female, tell me you're gay. I mean, that, but yeah, but you still, but gay, like you are bisexual. By right. technically, you are bisexual. Gay, you know that is a category as far as I'm concerned. You are not. I mean, you like both. That's just what it is. You mm-hmm. are bisexual. You like both things, um, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, but again, it also speaks to the the um, the thought process when it comes to men. In men being masculine and manly and blah blah blah, so that shit, shit. Also, some of the most manly, manly men are most uh, undercover dudes in the world because because they are manly men. And there's also this dick pic. This also thought process that if you are a a, a quote unquote man, a manly man, that's like that's not the the. That's not the stereotypical "quote unquote" gay person because that's just not how they were always depicted. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm 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 enough. I'm I'm done on this uh, topic because I I need to get to something that really frustrated me. And it's so many things are old, but uh, we haven't recorded in a few weeks, and I wanted to get these things up before we go into a new year. What doesn't frustrate you? <laughs> um, me. Yeah. Me. Me mostly, but mostly other people. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I'll get on my nerves. All right. 50 Cent versus Oprah. Oh, great. So. Curtis Jackson. All right, so I want to make this clear. I'm probably going to piss some people off, and I don't really care at this point. Mm-hmm. So. Most of us know. All right, so I'm going to start with this. As a community, um, what you hear a lot of times from black people is that we are too concerned with what white people think. We we subscribe to who they think is the greatest or the best. We we worry about their reward, especially when it comes to like entertainers. Why are you guys so worried about a Grammy? You should be making sure we recognize our own people. We should focus on our own people. We should all these things that we always say we want to do. We, we feel like all we say is and I've even heard some people say integration was a bad idea. Mm-hmm. They feel like we should have just kept everything separate. And they're also, and like I said, so I hear just a lot from black people is that, yo, we should just focus on our own community, right? I hear it all the time. 
So what frustrates me when it comes to that, because I don't necessarily disagree with that idea, um, if we're holding, my issue is that it, we can't be selective when it comes to holding people accountable for this shit. So with that being said, recently it came out that Oprah is going to be doing a interview slash documentary of some kind. On Russell Simmons. On Russell. Well, Russell Simmons, we'll interview with Ronald Russell Simmons, a woman that accused Russell Simmons of inappropriate or sexual conduct or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, Russell came out with a long post about how he, you know, him and Oprah had a good relationship. He just doesn't understand why she's coming after black men this way because he's talking about the Michael Jackson situation, blah, 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 whatever the case may be. So, 50 comes out and says, I, I don't like, I don't get it why she's always attacking black men. Then he also brought R. Kelly into the discussion, which, first of all, that cannot be the hill you're going to die on. Lord. You just can't. So that documentary was the death blow. I said no. Him him taking advantage of women for 30 years was a death blow. Sorry. Exactly. So here's my thing. I hear people saying, why is she not focusing on Harvey Weinstein mm-hmm. and his his situation? And to that, I say this. White people are taking care of Harvey Weinstein. Let's be clear. There are documentaries. He's been all over the white people news. White people got that handle. White women took care of Harvey Weinstein. So why is it inappropriate for a black woman to say, yo, there are men in our community that are taking that are doing shit they shouldn't be doing and they acting up and why is it and why is it as a black woman in her position, why is it not her job or at least her responsibility to point that shit out? I don't give a fuck and that's my issue with what Russell said, because nigga, you focus on your relationship with her. That don't matter if you doing fucker shit. If you doing fuckboy shit, I don't give a, I don't care if you my friend, my brother, my fucking sibling. I don't give a goddamn. Mm-hmm. If you a fuckboy, you a fuckboy, boy. That's it. <laughs> like, I'm not going to sit here and let you slide or not hold you accountable because all of us, because we have a, a history or we have a relationship. I've had bro- people I've called brother. I've held them niggas accountable for their fucking shit. Right. Because at the end of the day, I can't associate with fuckboys. Mm-hmm. If you a deadbeat, you an ain't shit nigga, you take advantage of people, you a predator, I can't fuck with you. I just can't. That's what we need more of in our community is people holding each other accountable, especially black men, for yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. Because um, my issue also with black men, and some of them are going to kill me, I don't fucking care, um, is that every it's this thing where they always, they don't like to be called out. No, um, not at all. Anytime they love to call women out for saying black men ain't shit or men ain't shit. Right, and or blame the woman. And they always have this thing where they the first thing they do is first of all say, well, no, don't be saying all of us. We, I'm good. Or what I do say, y'all women do? Y'all folk, and like, it's either it's either they're focused on themselves and trying to defend themselves, they go in defense mode. And my thing is this: I'm a firm believer to hit dogs holler. Yep. So if you are a good man, you're not the first thing you're not gonna do. Is come out and defend yourself. Exactly. Especially if she ain't named you by name, nigga. Mm-hmm. A good man is gonna say, because my thing is this. If you're a good dude and you generally care about why this, because my thing is this. Instead of focusing on what she said, my thought would be, why don't you focus on why she said it? Ask her, why do you feel that way? What has been your experience with black men that has made you feel like they are shit? You know, what have you been through? Like, that would be my question. And she can answer that question if she wants to or not. But that would be my thought. Why does this woman feel this way? But a lot of people don't think like that. They don't because they don't get she care. They just don't want to be, they don't want to feel like they're 
they're they're grouped into a section of men who ain't shit. But my thing is this: if you if that's your focus, you got ish, ain't shit tendencies at least. Right. Like that's my thing. You are focused on the wrong thing here, because we too much focus, especially black men, focus too much on what the woman is saying and what. what oh, she saying she grouping all of us into one section. I'm not. I'm a good guy. Blah blah and blah. This blah, is blah. why we date outside you of our too, race. And then you start making all these dumbass excuses, and you start saying, "Oh, well, no, this is why we can't fuck with y'all. Y'all always act like this. Uh, you know, women always pose that ain't shit, ain't shit, ain't shit." You, you realize every time you respond and, like that and try to defend yourself and tell us why you ain't shit, you're proving her point. Exactly. Because instead of asking or trying to focus on why this woman is saying this or why she feels that way, because you don't give a fuck. Because mm-hmm. if you did, a good man would ask you, want to know why she feels that way. But instead of asking that question, your focus is, no, we're not, or no, I'm not. Nigga, that's not what this is about. It's not about you. And the fact that you made it about you just proves her fucking point. Yeah, um, but I, so I guess with the thing with Oprah is that it's been, it seems like it's a lot of um, mixed reviews when it comes to Oprah because you got the other half that loves Oprah because she's such a successful African-American billionaire. Then you got the other half that feels like she's a sellout and that she's not really for the black people, but more so uses the black people to gain more power. And I guess my question is money. how? Because every time somebody says something to me, I'm going to ask them how. Exactly. Give me an example as to how that happened, first and foremost. Tell me why. Um, now, I do understand people that may have been mad at her for the Michael Jackson thing, especially after all this stuff came out right. about the documentary. But as a, as a, as a journalist um, who... You know, she has to give him a voice and cover the shit, mm-hmm. regardless, and that's really what she was choosing to. Also, again, as a black woman, and that's my thing is that that's my biggest issue with these people. She is a black woman first and foremost. Right. So as a black woman in her position especially, it is her responsibility to shine a light on the bullshit that's going on in her own community. Because you take care of home first. Whole focus on Harvey Weinstein gonna change shit. There's already enough media attention on Harvey Weinstein. But unfortunately, people don't see that because they, they don't feel pay, like they live in a bubble. Yeah, and they don't. They don't, they don't pay um, attention to anything. And that's when the the thing about the settlement came out. Why is he settling? See, just that bullshit, nigga. His criminal case don't start until January. Um, that was a civil case. You niggas are dumb. I think it also too because it's like because now Bill Cosby's in prison for doing his time and R. Kelly's in prison for doing what he did. They feel like oh. But my thing is this, y'all. This is my issue with that. You niggas don't have any context at all. It took R. Kelly thirty years to get caught. Finally, Bill and people are still in denial. And still, people exactly. It took thirty plus years to get Bill too. The Harvey Weinstein shit came out two years ago. But I guess he had been doing it for years. He had been doing it for years, but it all came out. Two years ago, mm-hmm. he just got the civil case, the civil lawsuits. He just settled. His criminal case starts in January. These niggas at like R. Kelly shit happened one day, and then he got caught the next day. That nigga got to cook for years, yeah, for um, fucking years. So you niggas at like he ain't have a he had a plenty of time. One, I, one of the things that because and I. 
my male friend, we always go back and forth about this because he still feels, he'll say that he's not defending what Cosby and Kelly did, but he feels like that there's more to it and that some of this stuff just doesn't add up. And I said, well, can you explain that? And he was just like, somebody like R. Kelly and Bill Cosby, for them being celebrities, why do they need to chase after these women that supposedly, quote unquote, and I had to, and I had to explain it to him. At the end of the day, celebrities are humans just like us. Why do you think rappers are still going to jail for drug possession and gun possession? Because it doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter your status or your fame in society. You're a human being at the end of the day. Here's my thing. So this is the thing people need to understand. And this is and it's partly because of the way we look at celebrity, mm-hmm. that we think they're these... these Invincible these, people. Um, these omnipotent figures. And it's and like, oh, above. once you reach a certain status in society... The, no amount of no money, problem. no amount of money is going to change. Actually... Having money just money, it just problems. makes you more of who you are. I mean, that's because now true. you have more access to do more shit and also get away with it. Yep, that's all money does. Mm-hmm. Yes, it gives you more opportunity to do more shit, but it also makes you more of who you are. So, if you were a fucking a fuckhead before, guess what? It's going to make you and also. Is- also, people don't seem to understand one, in like constant dynamic in this world. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Mm-hmm. And this is a thing people don't seem to understand because I actually had this discussion with one of my employees yesterday because she said, I just feel like these women knew. And I said, and I, and I said, and I, can, I conceded this. And I said, why did they go? I said, and I said, I can see that you're right. On some level, those women probably did know. You're mm-hmm. right. I, I, I will give you that. I will even give you that much. Here's where it changes. Even if you're a woman who chose to go to Bill Cosby's room, if you're um, and you you chose to go there, um, you knew there was a possibility of something, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Once he drugs you, all that shit goes out the window yep. because now he has taken away your ability to say no, mm-hmm. to say no. And he he admitted it. He admitted it. He admitted it, but people don't want to hear that. Um, he was coerced into saying that. Shut the fuck up. Because <laughs> he was getting ready to buy NBC. <laughs> so here's my thing. And then R. Kelly about to buy the Chicago Bill or something. I don't know. So, here's the thing. so this is the thing that people need to understand. Power is what happened. Any predator, and I'm gonna I'm 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 tell you, I'm gonna give you some game on predators. Because apparently you people don't know. They don't. Predators exhibit the the biggest thing that predators exhibit is well the the thing they love the most is the situation where they have the power. Mm-hmm. And the reality is celebrity is a form of power. Yes. Because because you are a celebrity, you can exhibit that power over people. So the, the you you can tell me and you're right. As a celebrity you would think, hey, R. Kelly can get any woman he wants. Bill Cosby can get any woman he wants. That's not the issue here. Yeah. The mm-hmm. issue is of power. As a you as a woman, you have a choice to say, "Yo, I don't want to be with you," or I can say no. If you're Bill Cosby, if I drug you, you don't have the ability to say no. So I'm in a position of power in that space. As R. Kelly, if I deal with grown, grown or strong-minded women, they can say no and walk away from me. 
if I focus on women who are so enamored in, in all younger of me because women. they're either younger women because they're it's like, oh my God, it's R. Kelly, or even older women who are like, oh my God, it's R. Kelly, you've already got them. Because in some level, they have already put you on this pedestal. So just them being in your presence mm-hmm. is like, oh my God, I'm in R. Kelly's presence. Once a woman is in, it's no different than groupies on a tour. Yep. Groupies on a tour will do anything they can to get to the star. And they will go through security. They will go through the load, the, the 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 goons around him. They will get tossed around just to get to the main guy. Mm-hmm. It's been happening for years. Many a security, many a dude in the, in the entourage didn't get off on a chick because that chick was trying to get to the main guy. Yep. Some of the chicks make it. Some chicks don't. don't. But it's the same thing. At that point, when you submit yourself to those situations, you are not in a position of power because you already look at this person who you were either interacting with or meeting as, oh, my God. And once you have that mindset and you got stars in your eyes because you see this person is like, that person already got you because you are already enamored. You are already starstruck by their celebrity. So now people don't seem to understand that when you are, when you are in all of a person, when you look up to a person, that's it's, it's really easy to get taken advantage of. It is the same thing that happens to children. Yep. Um, and, um, that's why most, most, molestations happen within a family dynamic when it's an adult, um, an uncle or a parent who takes advantage of the child because they are in the position of power. Because you look at them like they're the adult. They know better than me. Mm -hmm. People view celebrities the same way. We put celebrities in this position of, oh my God, he's, he's here and I'm here. Instead of saying, well, no, he's a regular person. He just happens to have a talent that I don't have. Mm-hmm. We, But people don't look at that and they don't think about that. All they're thinking is, oh, my God, it's the celebrity person. I've been listening to music forever. Or I saw them on TV. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <sighs> so because people have that mindset or that's how people react to it, you're already in their clutches because now if I'm a person who takes advantage it's no different than what happened with Jared Kidd from fucking Subway mm-hmm. he was a predator yep. he took advantage because he was in position to power yep. it's no different that happened with Jerry Sandusky at Penn State same thing he was a, he was an older dude he was in position of power over these children mm-hmm. Larry Nasser. all these people are in a position of power where there is a power dynamic that I'm in control and because I'm in control especially weak-minded or younger-minded people are more susceptible to that type of situation. It just is what it is. So when people say they don't understand why, it's no different than mystical. Mystical ain't never had the sexual assault no more. Mystical could have got any chick he wanted, yep. but I guess he went to jail twice for sexual assault. Why? Because control, mm-hmm. power. Yep. When you are rich, when you are famous, when you are successful, you get to a point if you already don't have that mindset that you want as much power or control. Mm-hmm. And like I said earlier, absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. It just does. You're in a position of power. You feel like you can do what the fuck you want. You think your shit don't stink. That's the reason why you see a lot of these people, a lot of these celebrities, when they're taking down a peg or something happens and it hurts their brand or whatever, 
it, they lose a little bit and it takes them a minute to get that back because they're fighting to get that power back because now they lost it. Because right. now they're at the mercy of shit, what's going to happen? Um, I was watching, I'm watching part of this Kevin Hart um, series and one of the things that opens up in the series is when the whole thing with the Oscars happened. And they're like, yo, all of our, all of the deals we had going, they're like, yo, you need to go, you need to apologize. That's the, that's, they're requiring it. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm not going to do it. Well, they're saying you have to. No, I'm not. His manager's like, yo, you need to do this, but I'm not. <laughs> like, he was defiant about it. But ultimately, if you want to you wanna work, it's the same thing where if you're not, it's the same thing happened with the Kaepernick thing. Mm-hmm. While I don't agree with what the NFL tried to do with the waiver, if you want to be in my organization, you got to play by my rules. Right. So if this is what they want you to do, because again, at the end of the day, you playing in the NFL is not a right. It's just not. It's a privilege. Mm-hmm. It's not a right. It's not your right to play football. It's not. It's not your right. It is a privilege. It's not a job like, and also it's like any other job. You have to interview, but you have to acquiesce. It's no different if you go for an interview. I got to dress up in a suit and tie. I got to pass a drug test. I got to sign off on certain things. I got to agree to a background check. All these things I have to do if I want said job. You have to sometimes sacrifice certain things to get the job you want. You have, if you are a person who likes to smoke weed, I got to stop smoking for a minute because if I want this job, I got to pass this drug test. These are things you you subscribe to when you want to work for someone else. So if I want to play in the NFL again and they want to protect themselves from getting sued, you need to sign this waiver. If you don't want to sign the waiver, you don't want to play. Mm-hmm. That was the and that's and whether it's right or not, they have the right to do that because ultimately you want to play for them. If you it was just about football, you could go to the CFL, you can go to the AFL, you can even go to the XFL, which is starting uh, this, next uh, year. Uh, if uh, that's if it's all just about football, you could do that. Right. But it's because you want to play in the NFL, you have to abide by their rules. If not, then they don't have to take you. That's just what it is. It's a power dynamic. They're in a position of power. You are not. You're just not. And talking to a lot of people about these issues, you would be surprised how many people don't understand Oh, that. believe me, I'm not. Um, I'm not surprised by it at all. I think one of the main issues that as a black community that we have is miseducation and not being able to go and actually do the research and think for ourselves or have these open forums and conversations about the things that have been hurting us for years. And one of the biggest things is like sexual molestation or rape. None of it's like we get this whole sweep it under the rug thing, don't talk about it and it'll be okay, but then that when it comes out the bag, then it's just like, oh well she lying. Why she wait all these years now to finally say something? But people don't understand the psychological damage that goes. That's on because all those things are taboo subjects in the black community too. Yeah. That's just it just are. Um also, people can always say what they would do in that situation, but you don't know what you're going to do in that, situa- it, it, here, in that yeah. situation. You just don't. And you can tell me a million times, you know, if I was her, I would have told right away. But again, most of these situations happen when Bill Cosby was at the peak of his powers. Yeah. And if you people are tripping about it now, could you imagine what it would have been when he was at the height? He ain't been on TV in, 30, in 25 years. Mm-hmm. And y'all still up there tripping and bashing all of these women. Yep. So just imagine if it had happened and y'all, it came out the same way, which it did, mind you. It was all in newspapers. Mm-hmm. 
But and again, it didn't go anywhere because Bill Cosby was fucking Teflon. Just like uh, R. Kelly. It was he was Teflon. R. Kelly went on trial and came out with his best album um, that people loved, and nobody gave a damn about any of that stuff anymore. That's just what it was. He came out with Ignition, all the other songs mm-hmm. while he was going through all this shit, and y'all fucking ate it up. Yep. So. This thing, as long as they do what you love, you love them for, or that you they hold a special place to you because they made a song you like or whatever. That's all you really care about. You're not thinking about yo the effect they had on these other people who they hurt, right? Because they don't think about the victim. Yeah, because and then also I don't think a lot of people educate themselves on like abuse and how that actually works mentally because they just think abuse is automatically physical, but they don't understand that mental and emotional abuse. Verbal abuse. All those things are those are real ten things. Times worse, and <laughs> because it stays with you longer. I can you can heal from a wound, real quick. Yeah, but emotional stuff, no, and that's why so many grown folks now these days have a lot of issues because they have so much baggage from what happened to them when they were wee 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 younger that they never addressed because maybe mama and daddy said uh, don't talk about it or nobody actually came to them and said hey are you okay? But that's also going into the fact that you know if we show emotions and stuff like that then you get called a bitch or you're gay and stop that you need to toughen up and we're we just we damage our own selves when we do this type of stuff and uh one of the things because i when i was discussing this with my male friend because he was just saying like you know well why couldn't the girls just get up and walk away from r kelly like they had the power like he wasn't technically holding them hostage as he said i was like do you not understand how manipulation works People and especially people in power, they will they will use something against you or they will threaten you to keep you in a position of where you're not going to go. So you can say it's easy for you to say, like, well, if that was me, I wouldn't let allow that to happen. But especially when you already have basically involved yourself with some sort of physical um, intimate foreplay with them it's a lot harder to leave from them especially if they have the power and control over you because a lot of times that's why people especially women in domestic disputes they it's hard for them to leave those type of relationships because nine times out of ten their abuser is going to threaten their livelihood or the livelihoods of their families or if they have kids with them all this other stuff and sometimes even if they do escape they still end up dead unfortunately which is sad but yeah, it's, would. it's just yeah, people don't understand it. They, they probably won't ever. And unfortunately, it's just it's one of those things you had to. I have to constantly explain it to people. But you know, it is what it is. Yep. So um, before we go, anything. Um, so I want to first say rest in peace to Juice World. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Um, you know, rest in peace to him, you know, thoughts and prayers to his family. You know, it's, it's very rough. I'm tired of, uh, you know, I really hate that we have to keep losing all these young kids out here, you know, especially all these young artists who have so much potential. Um, they're really just getting started, and, you know, they have their whole lives ahead of them, and then it's, you know, it just kind of gets snuffed out so quick. And it's one of those things where I heard people, you know, um, I heard something like Jonah Lucas, I think he blamed all the rappers for glorifying drugs and things like that, or things like that. And, and my thing is this. While that's well and good and that may be true to some extent, that's not the point right now. His parent and family don't want to hear that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and my thing is this. You... 
he, if you listen to Juice World's music, he spoke about the pain he was dealing with and him using drugs to cope with that pain. Mm-hmm. So my thing is, as much as we want to focus on the drug use itself, what I think we need to focus on more than anything is the reasons for the drug use. Why are these kids feel the need to numb whatever pain they're dealing with mentally or emotionally with these substances and what's causing it? Um, and my, and that's why I think that's the biggest question I have is as a community, as a hip hop community, especially, we need to start focusing on more of, okay, what's actually causing these kids to really turn to drugs as a, as an outlet. Um, because a lot of these kids, especially in their music, if you listen to it, they're crying out for help. And rather than offer the help or offer the support they're needing, we just kind of focus on, you know, we're listening to music. And it's like, oh, you make good music. They make a good beat we like. And it's like, that's it. But these kids are like yelling and screaming for help. Mm-hmm. And no one's helping them. And I, and I can't speak to, you know, but it just doesn't seem like it. And the most thing you hear is the criticism for them talking about drugs in the music. But if you actually listen to the music and listen to what they're saying, they're crying. They're using these drugs to numb pain. Right. Because they're dealing with something they just they just feel like. It's even that with Mac Miller. It's like. It's the same thing. Like, these kids are using these things as a way to numb some type of trauma or pain that they're dealing with. And they just don't know how, how else to cope with it. So we need to start focusing more on the reasons and the underlying causes of these things and what these kids are experiencing. I mean, you also have to understand these kids are, are young and they're experiencing celebrity. They know how to deal with it. Um, I, I was just listening to the Drake interview and he even said like one of the things he's most proud of is like even after all this shit and all the fame and everything that happened to him, I didn't, you know, I didn't lose it. I didn't, you know, I didn't become a different person. I didn't, I didn't result to drugs. I didn't get, you know, I still drink, but it's like nothing where I'm getting drink to black hour or anything like that. Like, mm-hmm. but I'm, I was able to stay who I am and right. really kind of live in it as, as opposed to kind of resulting in something else and, you know, and really just kind of letting it, you know, overwhelm me. And that's an easy thing to do. People don't understand you 19, you 18, 19 years old, and you get a million dollars in your pocket, you don't know what the fuck you do. Mm-hmm. You, and, and you had the stress of touring and things like that. It's just like, um, people criticize Summer Walker, she has her social anxiety. Like, that's just who she is. It's something she has to deal with. But you can't fault her because she doesn't, that's just not, it's just, it's new to her. And you have to let her grow into being a person who's more comfortable. I guess, because I saw another argument in relation to that Summer Walker incident. They were saying, like, well, Back in the day, Mary J. Blige, she was doing drugs to get her ass beat by um, KZ, and you didn't see her bitching and moaning. She still did her shit without bitching about, oh, I'm I'm canceling my tour and blah, blah, blah. Or Beyonce got cheated on by Jay-Z and had two miscarriages, but you didn't see her out there bitching and moaning. Like, I guess they feel like people are being too soft now. She did. She did in her music. What the fuck you talking about? Well, I, She had a whole album work. about it. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. what happens, though. Like, in the moment she wasn't on tour when all this shit happened. Yeah. She had a miscarriage didn't want on tour. That's not, like, what the fuck? <laughs> people are stupid. I guess and people... People they, don't... They feel they, like... There's this generation of people, and I get it, because my dad, when we were younger, my dad would tell us, like, why do y'all, like, y'all get too emotional over things? And he used to tell us all the time. Mm-hmm. And my thing is, you just don't understand, and we're like... to our parents, basically. And our parents are, you know, they were raising a harder generation, and I get it. I totally do. But it also speaks to the, the thought process of how hard it is to talk about mental health and things you're dealing with in the black community, because... We crit- we're too quick to criticize and say y'all being weak or mm-hmm. y'all should just toughen up, you know, get the fuck, you know, buck up and shit like that. It's like, no, nigga, I, I'm fucked up. 
So I think, and it's a whole longer conversation that needs to be had because it's just it's an ongoing change and a challenge that we keep having to deal with in the community, and that really needs to it needs to change. I think too, probably because I, I kind of see this as a pattern, especially when I watched uh, when the Houston documentary that came out in theaters, is that because obviously she was struggling with a lot of her own demons and issues too, but a lot of the people around her, especially her family members, never really. Yeah. Got her to help that she wanted because they were going to lose their money. Right, because and, and, and you have a stake. You have a stake in her in her winning, and so as long as she's winning, you'll feed whatever need she has, mm-hmm. even if it's not beneficial to her. If it's the same thing happened with Eminem, Eminem would say like he was he know he needed to get it, but he was you know he had enablers around him that just weren't. They were more invested in him just keeping going as opposed to him getting help. Right, and that's really what it boils down to. You have people. Who are in your who are in your corner, but they're not Even in your corner. Michael, like that, you just you always have people around who are yes men, and they're just like, hey, pop this pill or do this drug or whatever, because we need you to get out there. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a thing that's been going on for years, and we've just never addressed it. And we continue to let it just keep going by without really addressing the underlying issues. And I think that's the thing we need to start doing in the 2020. I hope we do more of that and have these conversations because we need to have one. We just do. Um, you talked about earlier as far as like men. Um, I think it was some of my preference in j- dating and stuff, and um, you know, uh-huh. my only issue, and I always say this, I don't necessarily have a problem with who you date, as long as you're not bashing. I just don't like if you don't like if you want to date white women, don't bash black women. If you're a black man who likes white women, don't bash black women. Like uh-huh. same thing. Like I don't want you don't bash the women of your race just because you choose to date someone else. That's right. just, I just don't. I hate that. I drive it. It drives me crazy. Um, and I just saw something about that. I don't know why you may brought it up. Also, um, what constitutes a legend to you musically? Like, what do you think? Of, what how, what constitutes a legend to you? Um, basically, um, I would say breaking records, um, creating their own first. Uh, being able to reach not only just one type of cultural group but groups from all walks of life so you can go anywhere in this world and they would know who you are go or even if it's on a, a smaller scale too it's about what impact can you what impact do you leave on the people and how much of that impact do they use to carry on into their in day-to-day lives. Okay, I can, I can, I can, I can agree with that. So, my, um, I, some of the same things, I think, another thing I think about when it's a legend is your impact on, what impact did you leave on the culture, too? Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a debate, because I think when, when Juice World passed away, there were people saying, you know, some people saying he was a legend, and some people like, no, so call everybody a legend because they died, and something like that. <laughs> I think I heard it. Because somebody else saying the same thing about Nipsey and other people, and I'm like, no. <laughs> oh, Nipsey's a, Well, yeah, that too, but it was like, he's a legend because of the things, he, the impact he had on not just music, but in community. Like, well, he wasn't right. a legend in music. I said, no, because you weren't listening to me. A lot of people else weren't. Mm-hmm. Also, some of the things he did in music were great. Like, he did a lot of things that just weren't normal. Right. And some people, I think somebody threw Mac Miller into that category and said he's not a legend. I said, no. Oh, yeah, I think because it was his trolling friend. uh, Hold on. Well, no, yeah, but even after that, somebody else I saw in my timeline said he wasn't a legend. I said, no, homie. And Because they coupled him with, like, XXXTentacion and and Juice World. And I said, hold on. 
Mac is a legend for a couple of things. First and foremost, the growth of his music from every album. Second of all, he helped the a lot number of people. of people that Mac put on, even though he was a kid himself. You keep forgetting, Mac's only 27 when he passed. Mm-hmm. For him to have a, what, a career for, what, nine years and put on, he put on Chance, he put on Rhapsody, Rhapsody. like, he, Vince Staples, like, he influenced a lot of people with the internet, he helped them early on, like, people don't seem to understand how much work he did to help the next generation. So some of these artists that y'all love today, a lot of them people, and they will tell you, and they have all said, mm-hmm. they owe a lot of their career and where they are now to Matt giving them that, that, that jump. Even Gold Link, even though he was an asshole about it, even yeah. said that, you know, Matt gave him a, his start. So, like you know what I'm saying, Matt gave a lot of people their first look. A lot of people their first look. So, that's my only thing is that Mac was a legend because because just the fact that he impacted such a generation as far as the artist and the impact he had on those careers and how he pushed them forward, that makes him a legend more than and, and if, if, if outside of just the music that he made himself. Like, that right there are, automatically puts him in legend status to me. So, that was my thing. So, um, but with that being said, um, I got a so we're gonna a couple on these two other topics, and then we're gonna get out of here. Yeah. Huh. Um, Lizzo. Oh boy! Oh boy! So Lakers game, Lizzo. Uh, Lizzo was a Lakers game. She wore a thong or something to that effect. I don't know. Whatever she the case may be. She basically had, like, ass teeth. Yeah, whatever the case may be. People were mad. People were upset. And people were, like, you know, shaming her and blah, 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 blah. So, um, of course, the skinny people were mad. The fat people were mad. Everybody in between is mad mm-hmm. on both sides. And they were arguing back and forth. So how do you feel about it? So, I first of all commend her for being comfortable with who she is. That, that's first and foremost. Because I, I know it's not an easy thing, especially in the music industry, for sure. It's, mm-hmm. it's just not. Um, it's <laughs> Which is always funny to me is that there are a lot of women who talk about how much they love, quote-unquote, thick men. Um, and you'll see, like, um, when ESPN does their body issues, so, so uh, like Prince Fielder or whoever, whoever big guy is in there, mm-hmm. oh, that's, that's Zaddy, blah, blah, blah. And they're comfortable with who they are in their body and stuff like that, and it's okay. But for her to be that way, it's like, no, it's no. But then at the same time, yeah, people say, well, y'all just, y'all, man, y'all can we fat shaming her? I say, yeah, yeah. If she's comfortable with who she is, it's not like y'all can't sit here and keep in a, like trying to throw shade at her. Now, should she have done what she did? The Lakers ain't. I, I can't really say one way or the other. There are people saying there's kids around. I said y'all kids are probably exposed to way more and worse than that. But whatever. <laughs> um, and so I don't necessarily have a problem with her being who she is. Some people say it's just too much and she does it too much. I said yeah, but I can imagine for most of her life she's been told to just kind of you know be the chubby girl and not and stand in the corner mm-hmm. so if she's acting out probably more than she would normally i i can't really blame her because she probably fought like she posted a picture uh, the other day and it was her outside of one of them text places dressed up in the um statue of liberty thing so like she's like like five years after this i'm on snl like and one of the promos was her with the statue of liberty yeah thing. i remember that so like like i can't really fault her for like yo i'm in this moment i'm about to act the ass and hey that means show my ass a little bit and so fucking be it 
So, on one hand, I understand it. I also, you know, people are going to say what they want to say. Is she hurting y'all? No. Um, y'all don't have to look. You can change the channel. You cannot look at it. You can't. You just you don't have to watch. So you're not required. But you also can't be mad because TV is promoted have Nick is um, smaller women for years. Mm-hmm. They just have. It, it, all the time. All the time. All the time. Oh, I also think, too, like, because there was... Did you see the video where she was, like, crying for, like, 15 minutes? Uh, I think about, like, all the backlash mm-hmm. about that. Um, I think the only problem I have with that, too, is, like, when you do outrageous stuff like that, it kind of makes you look crazy if you go back and you start crying. Well, no, no, no. That's it. not... That's not... Because... Because it, if you knew, but in the moment you're not thinking like that. All you're thinking is, yeah, it was just something. It was it was a camera in front of me. I did something. Now, her decision of where to dress or whatever is is what it is. But in the moment you're not thinking about. You just don't think like that because you're you're especially it seems she's more of a positive person. I'm probably not thinking if I do this, she they gonna all kill me. Mm-hmm. She's you no, know, you don't always necessarily know how people are gonna react to things. But again, I mean, it is what it is. It's not my place to say one way or the other. Um, like I said, I'm still a fan of her, um, and I, I, pr- I appreciate her journey, and, you know, I, con- I congratulate her on everything that's happened. Right. Um, there are still people that hate, and it's always going to be the case. That's just with anything. There are people that, th- that think she's a plant, like, you know, so it is what it is. Um, but that's all I had to say on that. So, my last topic, and this is one to get some comedy in here. Nick fucking Cannon. Oh, God. Cannon, Cannon, this nigga. So he dropped what three, three disc records to Eminem after Eminem went in on him, or he just kind of made reference to him on his song with Fat Joe. Um, okay. And it's still over Mariah. It just is. Um, um, well, Eminem made like he made some comments regarding their relationship. Blah 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 blah. blah, blah. Um, I don't really care, but uh, what I do care about is that. My thing is this. If we're going to... Um, if we're going to put battle rappers on this song, and this is for Charlie Clips and Hitman Holla, you niggas are battle rappers. Y'all got to do better. Also, Suge Knight has no scruples because, nigga, you, did you just say he was the new Pac? I will fucking kill you. I'm Doesn't even... Suge Knight have some sort of like he's in jail. contract? He's yeah, in, but did he just had Ray J sign over his life rights to him know, and some man, shit? Like, look. look, even though Suge Knight's in prison, he's still controlling niggas out here on the streets. Let's just be clear about that. Um, but with Nick Cannon's case, uh, because we just kind of talked about this at a, a Christmas party, and I think because somebody asked, like, what what is even Nick Cannon's point of even doing all this? And I feel like honestly, it's attention. It is, and he was. And my thing is, Eminem wasn't going to respond. And Eminem's not going to show on this show because all he does is benefit Nick. Right. Um, like, And obviously, like, Eminem doesn't need to prove himself because obviously we all know that Eminem... And Nick can't rap. But, you know, my thing is this. This all started because Nick was going on an interview talking about he wanted to fight Eminem and he would have boxed him who would have beat his ass or something. So that's the reason why Eminem even made a reference to it on anyway. Because he was like, I've been watching interviews and you've been talking about me. He had. So, like, you can't say that shit and then think you're not going to respond to it. Right. Um, and that is what it is. But, you know, the songs need, like, if you're going to do this shit, do, do better. Just do better. That's all. <laughs> yeah, that's all. That's all I ask. Trash. Just do fucking better. Just do better. That song was trash. Just do better. Both, all three. All, all three. 
And then it's even now to the point now people, because I guess uh, Nick Cannon basically made a fool out of himself, now people are like, well, Jada kiss can fuck Eminem up, or I bet if they put them in the Well, that's because Jada Jay- said that shit years ago, like, in an interview, like, almost seven, eight years ago, like, yo, y'all pay me right, I'll go after him. Because a lot of people were talking about how they wouldn't go after him. He's like, y'all give me the right, the price is right, I'll do it. Right. But that's because J- Jada, like, he ain't about to back down from nobody, nigga. That don't mean gonna win. Mm-hmm. Shit. Um... I was watching Math Hoffa, who's a battle rapper, and Murder Moot, they were doing an interview or whatever. It was doing a little one. Okay, Math Hoffa got a show on YouTube. And, and <laughs> Murder Moot, they know clips. They know him out how he's like, look, nigga, y'all ain't know who y'all dissing. Um, I'm telling y'all right now. Because y'all can't, like, we battle rappers. He came from battle rap. Yes. So if y'all y'all need to understand, Did y'all people jump. not watch 8 Mile? Y'all, like, jump, that was y'all, jump, out, y'all <laughs> jump out the window. I'm I'm not one of them niggas that believe he lost it. I'm telling y'all right now, and this is me. I got y'all back. I love y'all niggas. Y'all niggas need to be chill. Y'all need to chill. <laughs> like, and he was real about it. Like, yeah. so look, nigga, no. And then people and then people don't forget they that who Eminem rose with in Detroit. It's, so niggas it's like, just stupid. And you know, people thought he was gonna get it. Like, no, he not. He, if he gonna do it, he gonna handle himself. But he wasn't gonna do. It. He wasn't responding to them niggas before. No, right. Don't benefit him at all. But it, it was entertaining. Not really. It was just stupid because Nick Cannon is ridiculous. It was entertaining to laugh at Nick Cannon. Oh yeah, that's always entertaining. <laughs> um, but that's all I have. Um, that's almost two fucking hours. Yeah. So with that being said, um, Ashley K is here, annoying me as always. Ugh, your face is annoying. So with that being said, you can follow Ash- Ashley at uh, that's Ashley K A Y on Instagram, Instagram. Ashley K Evans on. Facebook. Uh, hopefully she has fucking clothes on this time. Oh, shut up. Actually, she might. This might actually get y'all to follow her. Um, what? Whatever the case may be, this she was. Guy. She's trying to get for clout. She's trying to get clout. No, not really. Um, she clout chasing. Um, you can Anyways. follow the podcast. I'm down with the King Podcast on Instagram. You can also follow me on the Real Will K. That's T H A Real Will K on Instagram. The podcast go on to video and down with the podcast at Facebook and DWTK Pod on Instagram. Um, I'm sorry, on Twitter. And uh, you can also email the podcast at down with the king podcast at gmail.com if you have questions, you want to suggest a topic, you want to join the show, whatever the fuck, you know, whatever. Nigga, what's up? I don't think nobody wants um, to. Well, I mean, that's fine. But <laughs> um, here's to everybody. I hope everyone has a happy and safe new year. Yes. Turn up for me, have a drink, you know, you know, do it big. Um, and we will see everybody in 2020. It's going Next to be a year. big year. 2 a.m. gang, gang. And with that being said, this is Will K. The King signing off. See you next year, bitches. Bye.